Atop the crumbling fortress stood a man with a gaze like ice. In the heart of the boy whose eyes gazed back in hatred, the spark of battle was ignited. Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about D&D. Pretty much. I, I guess an anime, too. <laughs> We're going to talk about D&D a lot. Probably true. Watch out! That's a fire spell! No, wait. It's Bill! I'm okay with that. And, uh, I'm feeling kind of strange inside. My name is Andy. I'm okay with that. <laughs> hey, buddy! Hi! It is bonus, bonus episode time. Bonus, bonus season. Bonus, bonus season. We are once again here. Bill and myself. Josh is not here. He's, Uh, I think he's lost in the forest of Mm. no return. Is it yay that Josh is gone? That's up to the fans. Or is it boo that, boo Josh? It's, that's, that's up to the fans (laughs) to decide. They can, they can let us know on social media at Tuning Japanese on Twitter or, uh, Discord. Discord or, Facebook.com slash tuningjapanese or tuningjapanese at gmail.com. I think I hit them all. Uh, they, so. can, they can let us know whether we're booing, Josh. Are you saying boo earns? <laughs> um, or not. So, no, we're here today to talk about more record of Lotus War, the OVA, baby. Nice. The yeah. OVA, baby. The OVA, baby. Uh, are you stoked? Are you ready to talk about... What I think is probably in this these two episodes, one of them is one of my favorite episodes, and one of them is one of my least favorite episodes of Lotus War. Can you guess which one? I'm going to guess mine is probably your favorite. It is one of my favorites. You're absolutely right. And the one that I'm reviewing today is one of my least favorites. But we'll get there. We'll talk about it uh, when we get into our reviews of Episode 3, The Black Knight, and Episode 4, The Grey Witch. We decided this time that... Each of us would take an episode. You were going to handle episode three, and I'm going to handle episode four, and we're going to once again do them together in this one episode. So supersized episode, skipping the banter, just get into stuff. Right to it. Right to it. So let's get right to it with episode three, The Black Knight. Bill. Or Kokui no Kishi. <laughs> oh, I didn't even I didn't even write down the, the alternate title for mine. <laughs> take it away whenever you're ready. We start out with Marfa versus Cardus. Creation versus destruction. <laughs> I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Once or twice. The new continent is Lodos, the accursed island. In case you forgot. That's your summary from, yep. from last episode yep. uh, when we did one of these. Theme song. I, I, love the, I love the theme song. It is. It's nice. It's very, it's very pretty. The land of Marmo on an evil island south of the accursed continent of Lodos. It's a fucked up place is what they're telling us. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they're, they're making sound uh, as, as creepy as possible. And is this... The scene where we actually, we start on Marmo, yes. too. So, yep. like, we, this is our first time actually seeing this, this like, particular continent or, or yep. island or whatever you want to call it. And we immediately go to a hole. Yes, we do. And deep inside the hole is a what appears initially to be a black dragon? Yeah, it definitely looks like it's a black dragon. A red-haired dude and his yes. evil henchman. 
Yes. The red-haired dude that we're going to see here is... Uh, Ganon, right? No, no, wrong, Ganon, wrong, Ganon, close. Ganondorf? Nope, nope, wrong show, wrong, wrong, wrong world. Uh, no, this is Emperor Beld that we see here. Mr. Belding, got it. Yeah, <laughs> God. He swears to rule Lodos, and then Carla, the Grey Witch, shows up, and she's going to, like, be the evil end of the group. Essentially, yes. We've got we've got Skeletor, we've got Evil Lynn, we've got Evil and a bunch of Liam. Chucklefucks. A bunch uh, of chucklefucks. <laughs> I was gonna say because he got another like like a uh, sorcerer with Vagnard, and then you've got uh, oh what was his? Uh, didn't he have like a right hand man that wasn't a sort like like a, a spellcaster? Didn't he have like a big bro- like brawly boy? Man. Beastman, yeah, like yeah. Ashram's like Beastman. He had a lot of brawly boys. He had lots of. They're, they're all pretty much incompetent chucklefucks. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you had a lot of toys to sell in the You 80s. did. That was... A lot of toys. Lightning! Light! Oh my god! So we cut to, and again, this is going to be a very heavy uh, scene swappy. Yes, this episode is very much goes back and forth between the this and This and Wolf's Reign that I did yeah. today were both like back and forth and back and forth and back Which and forth. Which is funny because the episodes that I'm going to be reviewing uh, for both of those podcasts coming up... For this one, this episode, obviously, in the For Wolf's Reign, we're not as much. Yeah, which is, mind, is just... all, all over the place. Uh, Parn and Gim are, I'm guessing this is supposed to be training, but they're really just sort of touching tips. Oh, <laughs> that's gross. They're sparring. It's kind of like back in the day with, like, uh, not, not necessarily a D&D reference, but, like, the role-playing in Raiden. Where when when people on the AWOL chat rooms is what I'm talking about for anyone who has no idea what I'm about to talk about when you were involved in guilds and you wanted to be more like powerful you would spar against other people and that's kind of what's going on here like is that same we, theory we did the amp guard the LARP stuff we'd yeah. spar with each other yes LARPing it's, or it's, we'd go out in the backyard with kendo sticks and beat the hell out of each other except he's got like an axe and an actual real sword so. but they're also not hitting each other they're just sort of like. Yeah. Poking at. Yeah. They're, they're fencing. They're rubbing tips. They're, rub, they're, rub, they're rubbing tips. That's so gross. <laughs> That's disgusting. I don't know how to even respond to that. Twist that act wrong. They're going to space dock. Oh, my God. <laughs> Carry on, please. Please. Which one of them do you think is uncircumcised? Probably both of them, right? It's an old fantasy world. Yeah, I don't assume either one of them are Jewish. Oh, okay. That's fair. Well, anyway, carry on. Are dwarves Jewish? I, don't, I was going to wonder, like, is there, like... Some sort of like weird fantasy parallel racism parallel. Well, I mean, there's a lot of racism going on in this anime. We'll come back to that. Okay, table that for now. So Gimli just says Parn is Gim. Path- <laughs> I'm gonna fuck that up a lot. <laughs> no, it's okay. I wrote Gim. They're basically. I'm the- looking at the word Gim. They're basically the same. It's okay. Somehow I still said Gimli. No, it's fair. The dwarf <laughs> calls Parn pathetic and slain. Yes, you getting these names? Yeah. Well, I'm into it. Uh, Slane reassures Edo uh, that Gim is going easy on him. Yeah, because as we established last episode, Slane and um, Gim are pretty good friends. They have been for, for quite some time. Right. So he knows that Gim's going easy on poor little old Parn. Yeah, they're definitely, like, their players are brothers or really close friends or something. <laughs> Probably true. Later, Parn dips his sword in the water, which is not good for the sword. No, probably not a good idea. And I think he's going to hack a limb off a tree. Maybe. <laughs> because that's when Deedlet shows up. She literally drops out to protect the tree. Yeah, she's she's a good uh, a good little uh, forest forest dweller. Yep, says something like, how would you like somebody coming by and cutting your arm off? I mean, she's got a point. I mean, that's fair. 
Yeah, but if you had a hundred of them, then you could regrow them. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, it still might suck, but, you know. Yeah, it yeah. Wouldn't be as bad. No, not so much. And then she, you know, goes over the tree and pulls the fairies out and talks to them. You know, typical elf bullshit. Yeah, no, this is definitely D&D fantasy world elf bullshit. There's some awkward flirting. There is. There's a lot of awkward flirting when it comes to these two. But then Noel show up, and I'm guessing... Because the GM was sick of his girlfriend and the main character flirting with each other. Probably true. And I want to note here, these gnolls, in the dub at least, I don't know about the the um, subtitled version, the original Japanese, but they called them kobolds. Did you catch that? Yeah, I had a bit writ- written about that way. Oh, okay. Well, I look forward to your bit. <laughs> I don't think I want to do it now. Hi. Carry on. We'll get to your bit. <laughs> I'm sure it's a great bit. Apparently, the DM wants to win his girlfriend back by making her a real badass. Oh, she is bad fucking ass. And he gives her a dark health to fight that he can't possibly stand up against. Oh, I I love that. I love that moment where she's just like, hmm, yeah, you can't fight a dark health. Let me handle that. And she just basically bounces. She anime jumps out of there. Just leaves him to handle handle the kobolds. Those aren't kobolds. No. No, those aren't kobolds. Hmm. Is this how you know, make it not be D&D? Maybe. I Are wonder you? if that's it, or it could just be a bad translation, or I wonder if, is there, and again, different, like we talked about in a recent D&D game that we played in, actually, we talked about the idea that orcs oftentimes are depicted in different ways. Like, there's the your, your green-skinned, kind of, like, evil, sort of, like, being orcs. Mega-goblins. Yeah, mega-goblins, but you also, there are some... Um, forms of media in some games that portray them as almost like boar or pig-like. Yeah, which I've always preferred and, and yeah. assumed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we've some of our friends have never ever seen them that way. And no, and it was kind of was baffled that that was something we kept referring to. So I wonder if like there is another way of like if like co- if it was a mistake or if kobolds similarly have a different view in some media. Well, they're just sort of um, mischievous. German kind of minor spirit, mm-hmm. not minors and small, but that too. But minors and like, you know, pickaxes and hats on, like glowing hats. Mm-hmm. No take candle. Yeah, yeah. So referring to them as like something small and furry makes total sense. Yeah, these seem awful canine though. They're and, and big, very much gnolls. So. Like it's it's very clear that they're that they look like gnolls. Like right. our understanding of a fantasy gnoll. I mean. To me, a gnoll would be a little more hunched and hyena-ish and bigger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're almost werewolves or wolfmen. Kind of, yeah. I it, can see that, too. Yeah. Anyway, the uh, the GM's passive-aggressive flirting apparently isn't working. And the rest of the table finally pressures him to let them do something, and they show up. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's one of those things where you've got the two players who are hogging the spotlight, and the other players are just, like, balancing their dice yeah. in, like, the highest tower they can possibly make. Yeah, so at least they threw him in. Yeah, them into play. And the pissed off GM just says those people that showed up, oh yeah, they're going to arrest you. What happens here is, don't they, they scare off the... The local militia. The local militia off. scare off. Yeah, or not even local militia, that seems like untrained. No, these, no, these, these are, are... soldiers. Yeah, these are soldiers. The army the, shows up and yes. scares off the kobolds. Yes. And places the party under arrest. Right. Absolutely. Because, you know, reasons, storytelling reasons, yeah. I'm sure. Because Important have, things are going to happen. Because he has to shoe in the thief into the party somehow. Oh, you're right. That's you're exactly right. what it was. Damn, I forgot, because we had not been introduced formally in the linear story to Woodchuck yet. Yep. Elsewhere, in Snake Mountain... Wait, what? <laughs> that's where Skeletor and his cronies hung out. 
Steak Mountain? Snake. Oh, they said Steak Mountain. That's why I was like, what? I would totally go to Steak Mountain. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I've been to Steak Mountain. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. The sex thing? Uh, nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> carry on. Elsewhere in Snake Mountain. I <laughs> just like using the announcer voice. Um, a Black Knight, Lord Ashram. Yes. And Carla. Yes. Plan a masterful plot to just go fuck up a fortress. Yes. Oh my god, I'm all about this scene. This scene is great. Um, this is, I believe, our first formal introduction to Ashram as a yes. character. And I will tell you, if you've read my article from probably two years ago at this point, on the Questionable Endeavor Network, questendnetwork.com, on my favorite anime villains of all time, you will know how much I love Ashram. Or if you played his D&D game. That's that fair. Ashram is amazing. He is the best villain. I love him so much. To the point that I forgot he had a boss. Because of what happened to the game. That's true. He's so cool. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> so cool. He's a black fucking knight. He's in like crazy ass black armor. He's got a cool sword. Not even the coolest sword yet. That's to come later. Fucking awesome. He's on a black horse. It's a- Anyway, carry on. Sorry. So said boss, Ginger Skeletor, <laughs> and uh, generic henchmen are setting out with an army to take another city. The one thing that I will say negatively about these two episodes is that it doesn't do a very good job of differentiating cities and kingdoms. There's a, there's a lot of names thrown at us. Mm-hmm. Title card! Hey! T- we finally get a title card. Yeah. Edo is healing Deedlet. Mm-hmm. And he is clearly given the thief's name, Woodchuck. He got caught building up his supplies to get foe. Yeah. He gives us some exposition about Elena and Kanan already being under attack from Marmo. Right, and these are these are different cities, kingdoms. Kanan will play in quite a bit to the story. It'll get brought up time and time again. So will Alan. Uh, which is all they also say Alanian too. I think they use that to just, like as an adjective to describe yeah, like their the, army and stuff. Yeah, the people are Alanians. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, he wants to go where the strongest knights live, Volus. Yes. You must go to the strongest. Hardest. Hardest. Biggest. Biggest throbbing. Veiny. Veiny Volus that you possibly can. With purple helmets. Yes, they, they do wear purple <laughs> helmets, I hear. Cuz salty. Cuz, yes. The captain of the guard shows up to interrogate the spies, and he freaks right the fuck out when he sees a guy dressed like a priest. Yeah, which is odd. And they, and they do, like, one little Latin back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you really are a priest. <laughs> you know a dead language. So he lets them out, apologizes, and feeds them. <laughs> hey, you know, it's it's about the most that Ato's done so far <laughs> right. in this entire campaign. Be a priest. <laughs> be, be a priest, essentially. But they left Woodchuck. Aww. And poor, uh, poor Woodchuck. He just gets a little cameo. Um, we got more reiteration of the same crap. Mm-hmm. And the captain is called for inspection. In which he yells, have the men wait, I'm coming. Ooh, my. <laughs> yeah, there's a, ooh. He must be one of those Volus soldiers. <laughs> uh, so they show off the various warriors that in this country are all the psychopaths they put together. Yeah, this army's like pretty crazy. And Parn is challenged to a spar. Yes. Because Parn is new at D&D and has to test out the mechanics of a fight. Yes, he, he doesn't know how to play. Um, you know, let's let's just do a mock combat real quick here. Make sure. I mean, I know that the the combat with the the gnolls was a little bit too much for you. Let's just do a one on one. Make hey. sure that you understand how to roll a d20. Yep. Nope, not that one. This one, the one with twenty sides on it. Yep. Everybody else thinks he's going to get his ass whooped, and clearly the captain of the guard is much higher level. So yes. Yes. And yeah, he gets one shot. Oh yeah. 
right after he gets an offer to join the army. Yeah, no, basically they're like, hey, you have a lot of, you know, spunk, wanna, wanna join the army. Uh, oh boy, spunk. Uh, I'm coming. Have the men wait. <laughs> oh lord. Yeah, so he gets an offer and he's, he honestly starts thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, later that night, a guard is microwaved into purple goo. That is fucking dope. Do you say, like, like, they, they, like, zoom in, like, on his desiccated corpse, like, the next morning or whatever, yeah, he, and it is, like... He, like, bri- turns purple and splits like a hot dog. Oh, it looks, looks like, like beef cr- jerky. It's so grody. Oh, it's so good, though. And everybody freaks out, except yeah. Parn. Oh, yeah. Parn is off making friends with a woodchuck. As you do. But they're not that good of friends, because there's a fire started, so he runs. Yeah, he's like... I mean, granted, he runs towards the fire, Wood, but he still like, doesn't let the guy out. Woodchuck's like, hey, you want to let me out? He's like, I'll be right back. Hold on, there's fire and destruction. You stay in this flammable wooden cell. Fucking dick. Parn's such a douche. I think he's just a dumbass. No, he is a dumbass. That's fair. He gets to the ground level, and he's confronted by the same drow. Yes. And he doesn't have his sword? No. No, okay, I want to note here. I'm I'm confused here, too. I I I didn't write very many notes for this episode, because I figured you'd cover it. But I did write here, Parn... You're surrounded by weapons, you idiot. Grab that spear that is within reach. Grab that sword off that dead guy. Like, get something. Deedlet comes in to save him. Yes. And now he does have a sword. She brought it to him. Is that what I... I yes. There's, I, there, must, I just, yeah. When she jumps in to get in the middle or in the way, um, she hands the sword back to him. I missed that detail yeah. then. Because I was like, what, what, where'd that come from? Yeah, she brought it. She was like, you idiot, here's your sword. Get up. Let's fight. This is D&D. Sleep in your armor and never let your sword out of your hand. Exactly. This is like the GM being like, um, do you really have your sword? And he's like, fuck, I don't. I left it Dude. sitting here. I said that specifically. Roll a wisdom check to yep. see if you remember yep. to bring it. Yep. <laughs> and then Ashram and Carla show up. Yes. So uh, good. Parn runs to save Woodchuck, um, who is now buried under burning rubble. <laughs> But he's got more than zero points, so I'm good. he's fine. I'm still good. No big deal. I'm fine. The commander kills the drow with mm-hmm. a spear, and then he starts to die. Ato tries to heal him, and he basically says, I'm an NPC, and I'm supposed to die. Don't waste your spell slots on me. See, okay. Also, be inspired. <laughs> so, let me play this out the way that it would make more sense narratively rather than D&D-wise. So... I think he realizes that everything's lost at this point, this 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 general, right? Like, he's looking around the decimation of his army, the total destruction of his army, really, and he knows that he has to go, essentially, die with honor. That you're, you, you can heal me if you want, but I'm going to end up dying either way. Like, he wants to die with that, that honor. Yeah, but in D&D terms, he wrote... Yes. Th- that was the plot point the DM wrote. Yes. And then the player tried to fuck with it by healing the high-level NPC. No, you're right. You're right. To get him back in the fight. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I agree. To the T. <laughs> That's Captain Jebra, by the way. We never said I never name. did catch... I never yeah. called his name. Yeah, Captain Jebra. Voiced by... Eh, someone. Yeah. And then Gim. I think whose player has it out for Parn. <laughs> no, you're probably just right. guts... Or like, not guts him, but just bashes him in the gut and stuns him. So he won't follow the captain into the fight. Yeah. Because, again, the player's not playing along with the no, story as written. No, He's way too green as a D&D <laughs> player. Like, but we can't just let him go. He's like, Ugh. He's a GM's friend. It's like, not how this works. Shut up. Let him tell a story. We're taking you away. <laughs> and then we have Ashram. Fire. Music. Drama. Oh, this is so badass. I wrote in my notes. 
Ashram is surrounded in badass fire in all caps. It is such a cool fucking visual. And here comes Jebra riding up, and he's got no fucking chance. Yeah. This is that cool cinematic moment the GM is like narrating just to like establish how badass oh, Ashram is. I, absolutely. That's so good. That's what I said, because he, because of course, duh, he has no, very little hit points. He gets cut down. Oh, yeah. Instantly. And Parn so does the anime sensing of like, oh no. <laughs> My mentor, My mentor died. has died. <laughs> Not D and D. That's anime. That's anime. That's total. That's total um, anime. And then the DM really narrates how awesome his big bad guy is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's, that's what that voice is like at the end of the episode. I wrote the quote down, and and it is. I realize the narrator is. I think the supposed DM. to be well the DM, but is it's, but in the, the world, it's supposed to be Wirt. I I, I I caught it this time. Like it really does kind of sound like Wirt. Like oh. it's kind of narrating some things, which makes sense. He's like the sagely old hero dude, but who was one of the old heroes? Was one of the old heroes that the DM played? Yes. in the last campaign. Yes, that was DMs in the last <laughs> campaign. Um, but here's the quote because I thought it was really badass. As we get this really epic stare down between Ashram standing on the the ramparts or whatever the wall of, the uh-huh. ca- of like the the town, and then like Parn staring back. Uh, the narrator says, "Atop the crumbling fortress stood a man with a gaze like ice, in the heart of the boy." whose eyes gazed back in hatred, the spark of battle was ignited. It was a good line. It's, a, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, it is. This is so fucking as, badass. As much as I tease this about being D&D, it's with love. Oh, yes. A hundred percent. I do enjoy this. Oh, my God. This last moment is like what gets me. I'm like, oh, I just want to see these two fight. This is going to be so cool. <sighs> that was it. That's that episode it. Three. The end. Yep. That was, uh, episode three, The Black Knight, which means we need to jump into episode four, The Grey Witch. Hey, before we get to episode four, though. Break hard. You read my mind. Break hard! Oh, I scared the puppy. This is the Break Card, and thank you once again for tuning in to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where right now we are reviewing episodes of The Record of Lotus War. You're going to be getting seven episodes total of this bonus season. We had two in a row here, but we're going to try to spread them out a little bit more over the course of the next several months. Bill and I have really had a very good time talking about Lotus War. Hopefully you can sense that and hear that in the way that we discuss it. It's one of our favorites, in all honesty, so we're really, really digging it. Hey, October is right around the corner, and that means, as you all may remember and know if you've been listening to the show for a while, that means no Josh. Uh, so because of the fact that October is haunt season and Josh is off scaring small children, but, you know, with a mask on or something this time, not just because of his normal self, uh, we are going to be doing some different reviews. Uh, our next episode on October 4th will be our last Josh episode for a little while where we review Wolf's Reign. It'll be the first episode where, at least for part of it, I'm not involved. Bill and Josh reviewed episode 8 and we're going to tack on Bill and I a review of episode 9 and do a double bonus sort of episode there for Wolf's Reign. And then the rest of the month is going to be some special things. I know for sure we'll probably be reviewing some episodes of Helsing Ultimate Abridged, like we did last Halloween. Uh, Last Halloween we also reviewed a spooky episode of Sailor Moon. We think we've got a couple ideas right now for a potential spooky, scary anime to talk about as well. Uh, We're going to get some special guests on this month in place of Josh. It's going to be a just generally a good time to be a listener of Tuning Japanese. We will miss you, though, Josh. As much as we rib you, we love you. You can head over to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support our show monetarily. 
We just released, actually today, a bonus episode on that feed. It's bonus episode number 26. There's 26 bonus episodes of varying lengths. Some of them are full-length episodes. Some of them are shorter. Things that we cut out of episodes. Go check that out and help support us. You can get all of that bonus audio content for just $1. $1. Most people have a dollar. I've supported other Patreon projects in the past, and I would... Hope that if you enjoy this show, and you can so give uh, a donation, that you will. Speaking of donations, thank you to Yada from the Reanimator Podcast, who gave our show a nice little donation. Not through Patreon. He's not a fan of Patreon. But he sent us a donation through PayPal, and I want to thank you so much on air for that, because every dime really does help us continue to make this show a continued possibility and do what we really like to do, which is have an excuse to sit around with each other on a Friday night and, you know, also talk about anime. We are going to be actually releasing some bonus episodes in the future based on a show that he wants us to watch. So because of that donation, we'll be doing that just like we did when Superfan Matt joined our Patreon and we reviewed an episode of The Irresponsible Captain Tyler. Hey, Superfan Matt, we need to get you back on at some point, too, so we can do episode two, because that show is bonkers, and I need an excuse to go spend my time that should be spent on doing other things watching that show. Uh, if you want to know what anime or what show that Yata's talking about, you can actually go head over to our Discord at questnetwork.com slash discord. Go join us. It's over in, I believe, the anime uh, channel, and it's in there, and there's even an image that will tell you, give you a hint as to what that is. Speaking of questionable endeavor, while you're over there on our Discord, go check out other things on the network. There are eight other amazing podcasts as part of our network. You can go check out the Shadowbane podcast. If you want to listen to radio dramas, you can go listen to either the Slasher Sanitarium or And Sometimes There's Scotch. Troy and Sam, respectively, do amazing things on their show. Uh, if you're into wrestling, go check out The Rundown or The Raw Attitude Podcast or New Blood Rising. All of those shows are amazing. And if you're into more nerdy stuff, go check out Perilous Pretenders, the show where they do tabletop RPGs, and it's amazing. Or you can go check out maybe our favorite show, Reanimator Podcast, or our sister show, I guess we could call it, or brother show. I don't know. I'm not really sure of the terminology. Go check out Reanimator. They are amazing. Oh, this is a long break card for once. I should get you to a commercial. Let's go to commercial and back to our review of episode four of Record of Lotus War. Thank you again. We love you. Bye. Hey, Yata, do you like anime? I do like anime. What about you? I love it. Well, if you love it so much, why don't you marry it, you piece of shit? We kind of did marry it. We did. By making a podcast? It ain't a healthy marriage. It controls our lives. And that podcast is the Reanimator Pod. That's R-E-Animator Pod. And you can hear new episodes every Monday. And here's a little taste. It's Alice in Wonderland meets Inception with an acid-infused EDM rave twist. I like it. Is what I wish I could say. Okay. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the I shot my low too early there. <laughs> Hotro then asked Yuma, "Are you turned on?" Not in that deep a register, but that's what she asked her. Are you turned on? Turned on yet? <laughs> well, guys, are you turned on yet? If not, I'll keep going. All right. Today, we are going to start. <laughs> well, I, I We're going to start snoozing. I tried to make a dramatic pause.
Back from the break card, and now it's time for episode four. Da-da-da. Da-da-da, da-da-da. So is every one of these going to be a color and a title? I think so. Black Knight. <laughs> Black Knight. Great Witch. We're going to have the, the white... Main character. Main character. <laughs> oh, no! Because uh, anime. Uh, so we have our normal opening and theme song. And we cut to a pleasant sky outside of a town, and part and company are denied entering the city of Alan. Essentially, the guards are standing in the way. It's that moment where, you know, you walk into any town, and the DM's like, there are guards that greet you at the gate. <laughs> yeah. Please lay down your weapons, sir. Yeah, except this time they're... Because you will definitely burn this place down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Except this time, like, these guards are super dicks. They're saying no strangers can enter the city, even if they are citizens. What the fuck? Oh, this DM hates his players. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Like, they... He totally does. He's like, you cannot come in here. There's drama with his girlfriend, Deedlet and Parn, and... No, he absolutely hates They them. probably went to the wrong town. They're probably, <laughs> That's probably they're, true. He wants them to go to Volus because the whole idea is that Parn is supposed to be like, you know, joining the king and Volus. And they're like, let's go to this town, Alan. Yeah, Alan sounds right. No, no, it's not. No, yeah, definitely Alan. And the GN has nothing planned for this town. It's just a name on the map. Yep. He knows nothing of this place, which is going to make sense of what happens later on in this episode. Honestly, keep that in mind. We're going to come back to that. Apparently, Alan is Switzerland here because they've decided that they're not going to step up to the Marmo, but they're not going to lie down to them either. Uh, which Slane does point out by basically saying, oh, no, I think it's, it is, it's either Slane or, no, I think it's actually Woodchuck that points out, oh, so they're not going to fight. <laughs> thank you for this bit of, uh, <laughs> thank you for making that very readily, what is already readily apparent, even more apparent. I'm not sure Woodchuck's a PC either. He, he Woodchuck a, might be an NPC. Maybe he's one of those NPCs that, like, you didn't have a rogue. So here it is. Yeah. I, I don't want to say... G- and then later on, maybe he gets handed to a play, a new player. It makes sense for what happens later in the series, but we'll get there, too. Um, not this episode, but a different episode. I, I feel like he he's not really a GMPC in a negative sort of way, because... No, but he, he spells a lot of exposition. He does. He spells a lot of exposition, but he doesn't really... He's not super cool. Like, he does have the crit moment on the dragon, I guess. Yeah. But that could have been a lucky roll. When Parn tells the guard that the fortress Mise has been destroyed, you know, the place they just came from. Mises was knocked to pieces? Yes, Mises, Mises was knocked to pieces. <laughs> oh my god. The asshole guard calls it a, quote, acceptable loss. And of course that doesn't sit well with Parn, whose hero and mentor was killed and burned to death. Like his three-hour mentor. Well, you know, he's a new player. He, he, he took the mentor background or something, <laughs> you know? And the GM's like, fuck, I don't know. Um, this guard, well, we're going to kill him. Tragically. Or he in his backstory, the guy playing part is like, my mentor died. And he's like, the GM's like, you want to play that out? Let's play that out. Yeah. yeah we haven't actually got to the session one yet. This yeah. has all been test all, combat and all, backstory. All backstory, and... testing the mechanics. Uh, Parn calls their king a coward, essentially. <laughs> and the head guard just walks away. We cut to the narrator. News of Marmo and Emperor Belt has spread throughout all of Lodos, freaking everyone out. King... F- <laughs> He's freaking everyone out. <laughs> That's what the narrator said. Word for word. <laughs> Just freak their shit right out. <laughs> King Fawn of Valis is going to send a messenger to Alan to kind of essentially ask for a partnership. It turns out that this messenger is none other than his daughter, the Princess Fianna. That seems like a bad idea. Yeah. We, we have played D&D and seen enough fantasy and read enough fantasy long enough to know that a king's daughter, a princess, is not going to end up well in any story. Well, even the old tropes that, like, rescue the princess, the princess is valuable. Mm-hmm. Or even just, in general, the royal family is valuable. Yes. Like, why do you risk 
a member of the royal family. They're like, hey, hey, we got your daughter. Pay ransom now, please. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's terrible. <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> that's what we're going to get in a minute. Uh, so, yeah, he sends her off uh, in, to basically send this message to Alan. Uh, we cut to Belt's domain, where he has the king of Canaan at his feet, ordering that he have his men surrender. At this point, the sorcerer uh, Wagnard, Wagnard, <laughs> Wagminards, Wagnard, Wagnard, save big money at Wagnard, uh, is, save big money at Wagnard. Uh, is uh, he's the one doing the talking for the emperor. The king Kanan doesn't want to openly deal with devils, he says. Emperor Bell pours out his glass of wine, signifying either... For one of his homies. Yes. <laughs> respect for his fallen homies. Either respect for his fallen homies, B, that he's not a fan of this vintage, or C, he's about to brutally murder a bitch. We, we went drastically different ways with that yeah, one. Yeah, we totally did. I had, I had to sneak in three there, because I went a completely different, different way. Um, sometimes you just have a bad wine. And you're like, fuck, I have to either drink this because I want to get drunk. Or B, I want to drink this because I'm around company and I don't want them to think that I don't like their wine. Or C, you just dump that shit on the floor and throw their throw your wine glass and smash it and be like, this shit sucks! I threw it on the ground. <laughs> oh. uh, Sometimes you have to pay respect to your fallen homies. There you go. Uh, King Kanan is dragged away. To be tortured or killed. Carla. Whoop, 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 yeah. Carla appears to congratulate Beld on essentially taking the eastern portion of Lodos now. Apparently all of that is now his. She takes off to tend to some issues involving Ashram's army. And uh, Wagnard calls her, quote, quite the cunning woman. Which seems a little sexist to me. Depends how well you pronounce cunning. Oh my. She's a cunning linguist. I just meant she was like, cunning. Ew. Beld then gets really pissed off at his goblet again, just chucks it on yeah. the crown. Fuck this glass. <laughs> and says, <laughs> says that uh, they will use her for as long as it's convenient. Oh, how little you know, Beld. How little you know. We come back to Parn and company. Parn is marching away angrily. As Wait, Deedle. Carla or the glass? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, that he'll use Carla for as long, not the glass. <laughs> throws the goblet down. We'll use you as long as I need to get drunk. <laughs> so Parn and company, Parn is marching away, all pissed off like, as Delit chases him down. She calls him out for being a baby, to which he then responds by acting like a baby and whining and getting mad. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Sling casually notes that uh, they're about to wander to the forest of no return. <laughs> and this is where I fucking hate this episode. <laughs> this episode up till here was okay. Once you get here, it's just, we get a whole bunch of fucking bullshit. Like, complete bullshit. I hate this so much. Because the plot's been derailed, and he's just making it up on the fly. <sighs> yeah, no, Slane is just casually like, Hey, Parn, be careful, you're about to wander into the forest of no return. <sighs> like, it's no big deal whatsoever, like, he how says. How far it's... do you need to get into the forest of no return before it's no return? Like, Apparently want... it's a complete misnomer. We're gonna get there. Uh, Woodchuck wisely says that, the hey... The forest of assured return. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what, that's what's going to be named after this instance. Woodchuck wisely says, hey, let's not go that way. Can you guess what happens next? They go that way. Yeah. Parn says he wants to get to Fawn's army, and the most direct way is through the forest of no return. Except for the not returning part. Uh... I love this line. Um, I believe it's it's uh, Woodchuck. He says, Have you ever heard about anybody getting out alive? 
no, no, it's a forest of no return. Like, no one gets out. That's no a stick. It's <sighs> not faster. No. That's like, the fastest way off this building is to jump off the top. Right. It's not. Parn says that he'll be the first I mean, it one. Is, to, but... Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, Parn says that he'll be the first one to get out. Because, you know, he's the PC. Main character. I have died many times <laughs> thinking that maybe I'd be the, the 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 party leader. Don't play a rogue. Don't play a rogue. Uh, <laughs> that is that is very very true. Woodchuck starts pleading with him, saying, "Hey, how about this, buddy? What if we went around the forest to get the Valas?" <laughs> and Parn says, "We don't have time." And Deedlet pipes in with, "Let's go then. Let's go to the forest of no return." Jeez. <sighs> At this point, before they go, Slane reminds Gim, hey, you have a side quest that you're supposed to be dealing with. And Gim says, shh, not now. This seems more interesting. <laughs> uh, so they go into the forest and no return. You see what happens when you don't follow his plot? Yeah, exactly. I don't want my, my, uh, my girlfriend to fuck, my, my, uh, my girlfriend character in character to die. Uh, more on that in a minute. Uh, so they go into the forest and no return. And at first it just seems like a normal forest with a straightforward path through it. <laughs> Uh, Deedlet makes sure to give a little bit, bit of background saying, hey, leave all of your strong emotions behind because the trees of this forest, which are evil, will feed on your strong emotions. Which, okay, that's kind of cool. Like that little tidbit is kind of neat. It's like the evil dead cornhole in trees. Yes. That's, you've made it less cool now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, I do that. Uh, so Deedlet then immediately pokes fun at Gim saying, you're emotionless because you're a fucking dwarf. <laughs> fucking bitch. Like, she's, she's, like, stone cold. He looks as, as as if he's ready to essentially spill all of her blood all over his axe. Um, which I imagine would be a strong emotion. They're already in the forest. Yeah. Deedlet opens up a magical portal to help them through. Essentially, it's like a, a golden light that essentially is going to guide them through the forest. She has, What's that spell in D&D 5 that, like, you find your way through a maze? Oh, yeah, there is. Um... I used it. Way too late in your game, where essentially we were constantly going through mazes in your game. Yeah, and fighting by, the, the by, super powerful minotaurs. Yeah, and by the time we got to the third one, I'm like, hey guys, I have, I have a spell that walks us through a maze. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, either. Uh, so, Gius, maybe? Anyway. Anywho. Um, she opens up, she, she casts that fucking spell, and Parn says, I don't get it. I'm, I, I'm feeling kind of strange inside. To which Gim says, don't worry about it. That's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that line down. I just thought it was weird. <laughs> the forest is looking for strong emotions because apparently strong emotions don't exist in the forest of no return. Because they kill everybody with them. That's true. That's called <laughs> evolution. Fucking love those strong emotions. Kill a bitch for them. Slay notes this uh, is the realm also of the fairies. And it was Deedlet's home. Which is why Deedlet's okay with going here. Right. She knows her way through. Because he's giving the girl he's trying to date special perks of the game. No, you're absolutely right. And this makes sense, too, because she gets fairly angry, saying that they can't waste time, showing very strong emotions, but the forest does not react. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. We also learn that time passes slower here, which means that if they spend too much time in here, when they emerge, they will have aged. Does that make sense? Is that right? No, that's backwards. Is that backwards? Because that's what they say. time passes slower in the forest... Are they are they that saying mean, are they saying it relative to out there? If the time in the forest passes slower relative to the outside world, then it would make sense. No, that'd be an instant transport. They could be in the forest for oh. what they think is days. Oh, okay, and they come out what 
minutes. In actuality, it's minutes later. Okay, well, that makes sense. So, no, it's backwards. Yeah. Well, they fucked that up, too. Uh, so, Parn sees a memory out of nowhere of his father. Well, considering how hard we have to think about it. Yeah. And then translating it from Japanese. Oh, yeah. I, it's an easy mistake, yeah. I think, for the for the, the dub team to make. Yeah, time fa- passes faster in the forest. Yes. Right. Yeah. You, that would have been the better way to say it. Parn notices a memory of his father, or sees an image of his father, and apparently that's a trick by the fairies to pull out strong emotions. So not only are they looking for these emotions, seeking them, but they're actively trying to get into their minds, see how they react, and get them to freak out. Casting illusions? Yeah. Or enchantments? Ab- yes, absolutely. They even call it that. Woodchuck, uh, I think, no, I think Sling calls it that, or, or uh, D-Lit. Woodchuck sees an illusion of gold, freaks out, dooming the party. Because the party was apparently... Doing very well. So the NPC, the, the DM's like, this is boring. I put a lot of work in. I statted out these fucking trees yep. and fairies. Fine, fine. The the fucking thief sees gold. You should have known better than to bring the thief at the party. Yeah. Uh, things turn dark and branches entangle Woodchuck. Deedlet saves him with a pulse of light. Because she dries back the darkness, yeah. essentially. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gim then gets really pissed off at Woodchuck. Which means that the plants react and grab him, too. Gibbs player yelled about the DM's bullshit using the NPC. And the GM's and like, GM fuck you. I'm going to take that as in-character yelling. <laughs> You're wrapped up and grappled, too. While he's grappled, he actually sees an image of Lelia. Remember, this is from last episode, the daughter of niece that he's going to go out to try to find. Right, right. Daughter mm-hmm. of niece, not his niece. Right, right. Because this is all confusing. name. We also get an image of Carla's circlet that band like in front of her so hmm something's fishy here dun, dun, dun. uh parn dives into a pit apparently gim gets pulled down a pit a this is where pit. yes papa pit <laughs> this is where the bullshit really hits the fan mm-hmm. so parn dives in after gim mm-hmm. into this pit they fall out of the forest and land on the ground Outside of the forest of no return. They've made it through on the other side inexplicably. Because fuck it. As the rest of the party run through the rest of the forest and meet them. What the actual fuck? <laughs> the GM just stopped caring. Either, like, is it because Parn is showing positive emotions toward his friend? Is it the bravery? No, it's just. It's a bunch of strong bullshit. emotions, though. So no, you're right. Bravery and courage and love are all positive. Yeah. But they're still strong. Yeah. So. I don't know. We get a break card, but we're not going to stop for the break card since we're doing two episodes. Although I do love that music. It's pretty cool. We cut to the bad guys. I was going to try again. Oh, wait. No, you're right. It kind of sounds like that. So we cut to the bad guys. Actually, technically, we pan out from a really ugly orc. And then we get shots of dead soldiers all over what we find out to be Alon. So that country that wouldn't let, uh, that, that, that city, that kingdom that wouldn't let Parn and his friends in, yeah. that wanted to be Switzerland, they are slaughtered yep. by Ashram and his men. Should have let the good guys in. Yep. We get a um, a, a shot of Ashram, and then... <laughs> they just did that so they won't go back. No, you're right. You're right. And then the GM doesn't have to do any world building. One of the bodies, which has been impaled with, like, a spear, suddenly gets flung into the air, uh, inexplicably, at Ashram. Ashram sees it coming unsheaths his sword, and cuts the body in fucking half. It is badass. He looks nonplussed. Like, he's just like, <laughs> whatever, and looks up, and it's fucking Carla that threw the body at him. She could have just said hello. 
Right. Like That's not how evil witches do. Let me just throw a dead body at you. Pretty fucking badass what he does, though. She asks if the Alanian resistance was less than expected, to which he kind of just basically brushes her off and says, hey, so uh, what's going on with King Fawn and Volus? And, uh, you up? He, <laughs> you up? Uh, Carla acts all cryptic and just basically get foes. Ashram doesn't seem to trust her. Doesn't seem like any of the bad guys really trust her at no. all, honestly. Well, she is the gray witch. True. She's not the black witch. Yeah. She's not evil, necessarily. Uh, we cut back to the good guys. We get a shot of a gorgeous stream and small waterfalls as, uh, Gim awakens. And who, I guess he was weakened from what the, you know, grabby, Cause, grabby plants. Cause. DM magic. DM magic. Parn wants to know what he saw that freaked him out, but says, you know, you don't have to tell the story because we all have secrets that we don't want to tell. To which Deedlet's like, yeah, to which Deedlet's like, fuck him. He's a dwarf. He doesn't have strong emotions. And then Gim's like, fine, I'll tell you my story. Uh, We get that story about Lelia, who is, again, the daughter of Nice, not his niece. He was hurt seven years ago in a mining accident because, you know, he's a dwarf. Dwarf. And Nice and Lelia nursed him to health. We get a interesting scene of Lelia praying, and all, and then out of nowhere, a scary-looking, almost corpse-like face comes in, wearing wearing a very familiar golden tiara. Lingerie. No, not lingerie. Uh, no, the the band Carla's band. Cape. Yes, cape and everything. Actually, I think there was a cape. Honestly, <laughs> another thing. And it attacks her. Another clue of what's going on here. Um, don't worry. Gim will put two and two together in just a minute. So he must find Lelia for Nice. They are interrupted by the sounds of explosions, and we cut to the princess and her guard under attack. Princess Fiana is in a carriage, being uh, obviously transported by by horses, and there's a bunch of horseback soldiers surrounding, uh, until fire spells start flying around everywhere. And apparently Fiana's got all the guards ever, because in this scene... There are like a million fireballs being shot, and like every time a soldier's like, ah, dying. She's got way too many soldiers. Had. Had. You're right. <laughs> Had. One of the guards pulls up alongside of the carriage, and she's like, what's going on? And he says, don't worry, Princess Fiana. We will protect you with our lives. And then he's blown up. Yeah. The prince is like, they're shooting the fireballs at you. Get the fuck away from my carriage. <laughs> Carla appears inside the carriage, which apparently has no guards in it. I mean, I guess. It would be awkward the whole time. Like, there's this guard and the princess just sitting yeah. here. Yeah. She's like, I don't want these peasants it's, around me. Or some weird medieval chastity thing. Like, oh, yeah. No, nope. you're right. You're right. You're right. She uh, tells Fiana that Alania has fallen to the Marmo, uh, which obviously freaks Fiana out. Like, <gasps> and uh, she plans to take Fiana hostage, shocker, to get Fawn to attack the Marmo. Part and company roll up just as the rest of the soldiers die from fireballs. Don't worry, one of them will live just long enough to tell them what's up. Um, at this point, too, Slain goes, Watch out! That's a fire spell! No <laughs> shit. Yeah, right? No fucking shit. Which part of that were you explaining there? Right. Because fire, I can see it. Yeah. And coming out of nowhere, which part was I fuzzy on? Yeah. There, Slain. Yeah. Which... <laughs> the, uh, yeah. The, I'm sure the, the other players... Made, I rolled Arcana! The other players made fun of him that way, I'm yeah. sure, for about a good five minutes. Yeah. At this point, the G... Uh, Here's 20 other arcana check. Yeah. It's a fire spell, dude. What, what do you want? What do you, what do you want? <laughs> it's a fire spell. Uh, so, at this point, the GM's soldier PC or NPC 
gives a dramatic, oh, it's Carla, or whatever. There's a witch, or the princess, go save her. Parn gets on the dead soldier's horse. Uh, Slane's like, you're not taking off again without, just by yourself. I want to actually role play. Uh, and he gets on back of the horse, and they take off on their own, leaving the others in the dust. You know, Slane could have stayed and, like, cast, like, the Phantom Steed spell or something, so they could have caught up, but no, no. Just took off. Yo, I'm Geralt. <laughs> fucking Geralt. Um, Slane uses a protection spell to keep them safe from an oncoming fire spell. Uh, the carriage stops by a massive tree on a cliffside, and a bolt of lightning strikes the carriage, and Carla is standing on top of it with the princess at her feet. She struck lightning on the carriage just to get on top of the carriage? Yeah, essentially. It's a teleport spell, but she's got... The GM's making it look fancy. So Parn and Slane are held by powerful magic... They powerful cannot. Magic. Yes, they cannot move forward. It's powerful. I think Slane says, "Oh, this power is the most powerful spell I've ever faced," or something. Uh, despite this, Parn, of course, manages to draw his weapon and move forward slowly against her. Uh, she's about to kill him when Deedlet throws a water spirit, who she calls Undine, from a water from a pouch full of water, uh, which ineffectively just washes over Carla. Um, apparently, it washes her enough that Gim is suddenly like, "Oh, that's Lelia." Uh, and we get like a like a knock all the gothy makeup yeah. off of her. We get, yeah, we get a dramatic moment where we see the shot of Carla, and then we see the shot of Lelia, and then just like back and forth. And he's like, "Oh my god, it's her!" <laughs> Carla rewards Parn's courage. Literally, she says that you are super courageous, so I'm going to reward you, and just gives up the princess. Yeah, like here, here you, you go. go. <laughs> yeah, like, you're yours. Another bolt of lightning, and Carla is gone. They leave poor Gim sad and depressed. Because there she was, and he didn't save her. We cut back to Emperor Beld, who's gloating that Alan and Kanan... No- he didn't save her, but she didn't really need saved, right? Well, I mean... She, kinda, I mean... She's just the bad guy, right? I mean... Or is she possessed? She's being, she's being, we get the idea from the flashback earlier that here's this, like, crazy, gross thing with this oh, headband on cause that in attacks the early, her. Because in the early, early... Uh... Episode. She says something about these bodies being yes. Well, yes. Yeah, the, the quotes being something like you know, what is a body? Merely a dress to be worn and discarded with time. Right. Okay. That because because I think even um, uh, Wart says, "Oh, you look different." Right. Okay. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So okay. So apparently, she her immortality is linked to this artifact that she wears around the, her head. So this circlet is her phylactery. Yes. But she's possessing. Yes. Instead of absolutely. Fair enough. Yeah. So we cut to Emperor Beld, who gloats that Alan and Kanan are no longer threats. They've been taken out. Uh, obviously, the King Kanan killed, and now the Alanian forces destroyed. He says that next, and this is the worst line, because he pronounces it as phallus. <laughs> he says, it's been 30 years, King Fawn. Next, it will be your phallus. <laughs> I swear to you... Go find that clip at the end of episode four. It does not sound like Volus. It sounds like he said Phallus. It, it's like uh, the Meows and Super Troopers. The voice actors were just messing with each other. Oh, I bet. Like, they bet him. Like, oh, I, yeah. I bet you can't slip this in. Oh, and he did. <laughs> he can't slip this Phallus he did. in. Oh, he did. <laughs> we uh, cut to cackling goblins and other monsters in Elan. Because Phallus is funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Vognard. Or I don't know if he's in Elan uh, or if he's actually on top of Beld's castle. I think he might be on top of Beld's castle. Uh, and he starts philosophizing, yeah, Philosoph- philosophizing? Is that so, that's the way you say it, right? Philating. That's, stop it. Uh, about, <laughs> how, about how everyone dies anyway, so why should control really matter? He gets all goth. He's like, we're all going to die. 
Who cares if Beld <laughs> controls things? And then all of a sudden, he gets all crazy and gets a dragon sense as he senses something going on as a black dragon from earlier awakens and starts saying, Answer me. Vognard is surrounded by pillars of red energy. He's confused as all hell and then says, Cardus, the dark goddess of the earth? And then he gets all red-eyed. <laughs> and then that's the end of the episode. The end. The end. And that's it. That's it for episodes three and four of Record of Lotus War. That was episode three, The Black Knight, and episode four, The Grey Witch. Let's talk about our thoughts on these two episodes. Um, I guess I'll start. I think you started last time. I love episode three for so many reasons. It's action-packed. We have the full party get together. We have, like, the introduction of Ashram, who is my favorite villain of all time. We have a lot of really cool visuals. Like, visually, episode three is really, really good. A lot of cool visuals. Episode four? Uh, not as good. I mean, you get a lot of names of countries kind of just thrown out there. You get... Uh, stop it. You get... <laughs> you get um, this bullshit with the Force of No Return. It's... You get, like, this weird thing with the dragon at the end that's just, like, not even explained. So... Three's really good. Four, not so much, in my opinion. I tend to agree. I mean, all this kind of feels like pre, pre-session pre one mm-hmm. backstory and character building. and Absolutely. Um, sometimes it works, and sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's not. Yeah. I think it's just kind of the ebb and flow of a fantasy story. But yeah. No, you're right. The fourth episode is definitely weaker. Like, mm-hmm. there's more history lessons as opposed to the party building. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. I, I agree 100%. So uh, I think that about does it, right? That wraps it up for this uh, bonus bonus episode. It does. All right. Well, next time we'll be back with our reviews of episodes five and six of Record of Lotus War, the OVA. But I guess it's time to go. So uh, thank you once again. You've been listening to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where two dudes in their 30s talk about D&D and shit and anime, I guess. I'm feeling kind of strange inside. I think it's the rumblies. I need some food. My name is Andy. And watch out, it's a fire spell, because I've eaten Poncheros three times in a row. Oh I'm no! Bi- I'm Bill! Oh god! And we will see you next time! Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Tuning Japanese is part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. For more information on other podcasts and articles, check out questandnetwork.com. While you're there, check out other great shows like the Shadowvane Podcast, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Slasher Sanitarium, Raw Attitude Podcast, New Blood Rising, the Reanimator Podcast, Perilous Pretenders, and our newest show, and sometimes there's Scotch. Are you sure about that path? You're heading straight into the forest of no return. Huh?
Hey, 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 wait just a minute. We're not going in there, are we? Parn? I am. I'll cross the forest of no return and I'll get to Valis. Even if Alania falls to the Marmo, I'm sure King Fawn will stand up to them. And you're planning on fighting alongside them. Huh. You wouldn't even make a decent gate sentry for them. No, Gim. <sighs> Forget it. I'm not going into that forest. First of all, have you ever heard of anybody getting out alive? Hey! You can stay behind, but I'm going to be the first one to make it out. Oh, uh, hey! Come on, you don't have to go through that death trap to get there. We can go around the forest to get to Volus. And where are we supposed to get the time to take the long way around? We've got to get to Volus quickly. We have to help King Fawn. Oh. Hey, somebody please help me out here. My mind is made up. Look, I'm not trying to influence you. You're free to do whatever you want. Let's go then. Huh? huh? Let's go right now. To the forest of no return. But Dilip, 